From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Social workers work in hospitals, schools, nursing homes, the legal system, and a variety of fields. And today we're going to meet a social worker who's devoted to occupational health. With me in the studio is Carla Patterson Wingate. She works in Upstate's Occupational Health Clinical Center. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So we want to hear all about the role you play in occupational health. If I was a patient at the Occupational Health Clinical Center, um, how would our paths cross, or would they? Do you see everyone that comes there? So no, I don't see everyone. Um, Your path starts first from the assessment from the provider, so a nurse practitioner or our doctor, Dr. Lax. Um, And then they'll ask you some, some, you know, some informal and formal questions, and depending on the way the questions are answered or your needs, then you're usually funneled to me. Um, I'd say I see pretty much 90% of the patients they see because even though you may not need um, intense counseling or therapy, there's still things you need to know about comp and navigation and maybe vocational rehab or things like that, things that I have information and can help you right there, right in the office, take care of it there. So by comp, you mean workers' comp? Workers' compensation, yeah. Um, Yeah. A lot of the patients at occupational health have a workers' comp it came from a worker's comp injury or something? Yeah, okay. yeah. So the p- patients we see have been injured or got really ill at work, and they're usually trying to, um, A, find someone who believes that they've really got hurt, and B, start and initiate their comp case. So a lot of our patients are um, in the worker's comp system. Okay. So uh, what sorts of issues do you find yourself working on with patients most frequently? What's the most common thing? The most common thing I would say is working with patients with intense therapy for their depression because they have to sort of make adjustments to new life. You know, you don't want to hear, you know, I think about myself, I'm working in social work and for for me to get hurt one day and someone to say, oh, I'm sorry, you're not able to work. I, I don't, I don't recommend you go back to work. You're not able to do your job. It's life changing because your job turns into your life pretty much. Right. And so to hear yeah. those words and these patients can't go back to work, it's really about trying to help them work through that new adjustment, that new technical life, and also trying to save what they have you know, save their homes because it's not an easy road. You, you know, if you're out of work, you don't have enough vacation days, sick days, maybe you're not even unionized, maybe you don't have any of those perks. You're trying to save your home, keep your family stable, and trying to hold on to any resource you can. So I do a lot of that, you know. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the typical uh, social worker, whereas I, I don't just say, oh, I'll only see you for counseling. No, I like to help them through every step, Um getting the resources they need and trying to become, help them become some, somewhat stable, if I can. It doesn't always work, but I definitely try. Well, that's what I was wondering. If someone's been you know, injured um, or severely ill because of their work, mm-hmm. there's got to be a lot of like non-medical, maybe more than just there's the medical. A there's a lot to, that's right. to deal with. That's right. And if you've been working all your life and haven't had, you, you've hadn't had to use any resources, you don't know where to begin, you know? You don't know where to begin. You don't know how to start life over. Um, I think it's really pertinent to say how I got into this actual place, this occupational health. Um, my dad was injured at work oh. years ago. Now, tell me, were you are you from the Syracuse area? I, I'm, that- I, I grew up in Auburn, but I live in Syracuse. My whole family's in Syracuse. Okay. Yeah, and my, my mother's side is in Auburn. But um, my dad worked at a factory in Auburn, and I lived with my dad 
from 16 on up. He hurt himself, and he's limited with his education. He didn't, he didn't graduate high school. He, he can't really read or write. And he got hurt, so I'm like, okay, you're hurt. Your knee's hurt. It's clear. Black and white, they should you know, pay for your surgery, you get back to work. Well, it mm-hmm. didn't happen like that. And eventually he started not to get checks and he was like really private about it. And I'm like, okay, dad, but you can't pay the bills. What's going on? What's going on? Finally, I looked and some of the things he weren't, he wasn't replying to. He didn't understand some of the comp lingo, workers comp lingo, things like that. Eventually he lost his house and he ended up moving with a sister and it just really burned me. And I ended up taking over his whole wow. comp thing, doing his whole case interviewing for a job here at Upstate, and he actually ended up being a patient here. And oh, he, wow. And in his understanding, he thought that our office was the comp office. So he was always mad when he had to come to our office because he thought they didn't believe him, things like that. And so I got to change his perception of that and the whole Upstate Oc Clinical Center and got him somewhat stable. But, you know, the amount of loss that he had to endure before we could get even borderline stable it was horrible. It was horrible. And he's never been the same. So that's why I really feel like I have a connection with the patients too, because in patients, I see a piece of me, like my father, like, Hey, you know, I understand, you know, I'm not just saying I understand. I really understand. I've watched this happen and I'm really going to try to help you prevent that. And if I can't, I'm sorry, but I definitely will, you know, will try. Boy, patients are lucky to have someone as passionate as you looking out for. Because, oh, thank you. like you say, I mean, if you're if you're in the middle of a health crisis mm-hmm. and people are, if they're coming to your office you for care, um, that's probably the hardest time to think straight about something that's complicated to start with, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, if you've never learned it, if workers' comp is new to you, and it is to most people who haven't had a claim. Um, you know, where to begin. Right. How, how do you, do you have a class or do you sit down and have an appointment with each person one-on-one? How does that work? Um, no. So how, so pretty much after their assessment with one of the providers, they meet with me and okay, I do my own assessment just to see what you need right away. Okay. So if housing is your main thing, let's try to get you some help or resources to try to maybe help with your rent or your mortgage or whatever. Um, a lot of times they don't have health insurance. Health insurance is a big one. I've seen people on comp just because, you know, you, you when you're on workers comp, they'll provide medical only for that injury or illness that right. you've gotten at your job. But you've lost your job. Now you don't have any health insurance. So I do a lot of enrolling them right there in the office for health insurance because I've seen a lot of patients go years without help for other things you know, only focused on their work injury, but they have all these other needs, but they think, oh, I'm not going to be able to get it. I'm not qualified. And a lot of times the navigators or um, wherever they apply for health insurance, they turn them down because they do get workers' compensation. But, you know, when you get workers' compensation, it's an untaxable income. It doesn't count. And, you know, they, they often need help with an advocate there with them to say, hey, to the navigator on the other end, their comp income does not count. It's not, you know, a ongoing income. We don't know when it'll stop. Please enroll them. And so I've gotten a lot of people helped with health insurance too. I think that's the, that's number one for me because I see a lot of, you know, it doesn't just stop with your work injury. You may have had high blood pressure and now you can't afford your meds. I've seen people who've needed their meds for diabetes and because they've lost their insurance, they can't no longer afford it. And they think, oh my gosh, what do I do? You know, they're really, they're really in a crisis. They're really in a crisis. So I assess them, see what they need, try to handle the 
the hazards first, the, the priorities first, and then we then we move on. Well, there's probably some legal stuff too if oh, they're gosh. trying to get um, I don't know compensated in some way from their employer. Right. Yeah, There's... definitely. So as far as the legal stuff, we do have a list of our recommended lawyers who work really well with our office. So uh, we always refer, whether provider or me, uh, we're always providing them with a list of lawyers who we're really familiar with, or they can choose whoever, whomever they want to, but people who have an education and knowledge of workers' compensation and how it works and sort of can relate to the patients, you know know how hard it is financially for them so they kind of expedite things for them we hope that they that they will if they can you know yeah there's a lot of legal legal things now what about um i don't know looking for new careers or new jobs do you help that as well i mean some patients maybe aren't able to work at all but those that maybe could do something less uh, that requires less exertion or less mobility or whatever do you help with that? I do. So in that case, we do referrals to Access VR, a vocational program, a local one here. Okay. That's grant rent. And before I send them, I give them a lot of education because, as you know, it's probably scary, you know, thinking, oh, my God, I'm 50. I'm going to get an orientation right. for a new job. So I kind of explain to them, you know, now's the time. If you wanted to change your career, you've had an idea of something that you really wanted to do, they will help with, like, tuition for college for you to get your degree. They will pay for that. If you need a ergonomically correct chair or something in the classroom, they will do that. They will help build your resume. They will get you a job coach. They will try to find work that means is meaningful to you, you know. So that's what that's a, that's another thing that I do before I actually give them an application and send them on their way to access VR. You're listening to Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Carla Patterson Wingate. She's a social worker in the field of occupational health. And um, Carl, I wanted to ask what your education was like. Um, where did you go to school and for how long? And So to- I went to, I got my graduate degree at um, Syracuse University. <laughs> Yay, yes, you. And um, my undergrad at Empire State and my associates at Cayuga Community College. Um, prior to this, I was a service coordinator. Do you know what that is? No. So you work with individuals with um, intellectual disabilities and you coordinate their services. So that's a lot of how I um, gained a lot of resource knowledge around Syracuse. I was always running a, patient, a, a client here, there, you know, learning new things, learning what different places and had to offer and as far as resources. So that's how I got a lot of my resource knowledge. I did that for about four years. Then I got my master's. Then they made me a supervisor. And then I left and went to um, upstate where I am now. Now, were you already on the path to social work before your father was injured? I was. You were? I was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Neat. Mm-hmm. Well, what advice would you give to someone who's interested um, in going into social work? Because there's a lot of fields that, you know, once you become a social worker, there's a lot of directions you can go. What advice would you give? Uh, my only piece of advice would be go with what you're passionate about because then it won't feel like work. You know, not to say I don't get up in heaven and haunt and say, oh, I got to be there at nine today. But, you know, fixing that one person's problem for the day, um, enrolling that one person with health insurance, whatever, you know, making that person happy for the day, which I know it's hard for them to be happy at all. It's worth it. It's beneficial and it doesn't feel like work to me. It just feels like my natural thing that I loved, I've always done, which is like sort of help, 
help, help people. Helping people. Yeah. And some of your patients, you probably see on a longer term basis, right? I do. Some I do intense psychotherapy with. Some we do meditation. Some we do video um, Zoom um, sessions because they their health um, or injury from their job prevents them from really being able to get out. You know, they have something called sensitivity, so they they you know they have their own reasons why they need to be in. So. It's beneficial for us to see each other through the screen, and we may do meditation prior to our session or things like that. It's really, you know, it's limitless. It's limitless to try to make someone feel whole again. You know, you don't, I don't think you give up. Now, whether they want to give up and say, hey, I don't think it's working, that's one thing. But as far as me, I'm pretty persistent. I think everyone there would say I'm pretty persistent. Isn't it hard day in, day out to deal with, um, well, you mentioned depression being one of the big issues um, that so many of the people come in with some degree of. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you muster yourself to be able to handle that each day? So uniquely with me, as I say, I'm very close to my dad, and I see it with him every day. And he's very stubborn and kind of miserable and things like that. And I may be wrong, but I try to use techniques to try to get him out of that. But I see how deep it is and how mm-hmm. how, you know, it's bad. So when I deal with other people's depression, that's who comes to my mind is my dad's to, to be gentle, to be empathetic, to be compassionate. This is their life. This is what they're going through. And there's no need to get frustrated, to be thankful for being able to come here and do my job, being able to leave, being able to play with my kids, being able to just have a go grocery shopping, to be annoyed, you know, just be to be able to do those things. Honestly, because I really see his life and the, 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 just the way it has went. It really has changed my whole perspective on life and being thankful and grateful for things, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, Occupational Health Clinical Center is lucky to have you among the staff there. Thank you. So thank you so much for coming in and talking thank to me you about your job. Me. We appreciate it. Uh, my guest has been Occupational Health Social Worker Carla Patterson Wingate. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.